0: Hi, I'm Dominic Norberg. And I'm Duncan McNichol. And this is our podcast, Not, not Exactly Rocket, rocket science. science. So, Not Exactly Rocket Science on the basis that um, something like rocket science is famously difficult. But actually, if you're in the know, if you know the background and, and you've had some uh, exposure to it, rocket science probably not all that difficult. Certainly, I'm I'm a physicist and a chemist. You're an electrical engineer. And we reckon we'd have a good shot at rocket science don't test us on that but we think we'd be okay
1: yeah like with several years at university of a lot of maths and chemistry and electronics and material sciences and so on i think if someone tried to explain rocket science then we'd probably get a hang of what they're talking about it wouldn't be overwhelming and out of this world
0: unlike what we are talking about for the podcast which is medical research um which is overwhelming and of this world. Um, it's uh, it's a field for us which seems um, messy and confusing and full of jargon and difficult words and frankly a lot of background that we just don't have. And so um, Duncan had this really great idea of interviewing people
1: who are really in the know about biomedical research um, and having them explain their research. So that we can understand it, and the logic is, if we as non-biologists, non-medics can understand what they're talking about, then you can probably get the idea as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, for this episode, um, we interviewed Chris Gregory. And should we just let Chris introduce himself? I'm Chris Gregory.
2: Uh, my formal title is Professor of Inflammatory Cell Biology, and I'm a group leader in the Centre for Inflammation Research. And my group is called uh, the Inflammation and Cancer Group.
0: Okay. Inflammation and cancer. Yeah, Are they closer together than I think they are?
2: Well, there's a lot, there's a strong association between inflammation and cancer. So inflammation has um, cancer-causing properties okay. and cancer also incites inflammatory responses.
0: Right. So there's a sort of unpleasant synergy at work
2: there. Well, it's a two-way thing. And I mean, cancer by definition, actually, or maybe not by definition, but It transpires that cancer essentially hijacks normal physiological processes wherever it can, it seems. So So as we- Not
1: not only cell division, like for me as a layperson, cancer has been explained to me as cells kind of start dividing uncontrolled. Uncontrolled. And that's- Proliferation and that's it. And that's yeah, that's kind of
2: my my yeah, and really and I think that's a that that's a common understanding of what cancer is. But really, what cancer is is a is a change of balance between the production of cells and the loss of cells in tissues. Okay, um, but it's not just production of more normal cells, and you know, uh, in in that balance, in that imbalance, actually. If you think of normal tissues in in adults being in a state of what we call homeostasis, which is there are balancing acts, one of which is the production of cells is balanced well by the loss of cells. And and of course, cells can, you know, are not continuously proliferating in normal tissues. They they stop, you know, in some tissues um, there is a steady turnover and in others there isn't. Um, in embryonic yeah. development, there's massive proliferation of cells. You yeah. see very, very rapid cell division. But actually, my interest is in the cell loss side of the equation, so, which is also in cancer. So even in cancer, which we think of as a disease of proliferation, cells, as you say, divide out of control. And that's that's absolutely the case and an important driver uh, of cancer um, is the acquisition of genetic changes, right. yeah. mutations of the DNA. And this is what we, we have the term oncogene for that, which is a gene that is mutated that drives uh, or, it's, or its regulation is changed so that it drives um, uncontrolled uh, growth of tumour cells. But that can be balanced, and in some tumours that is balanced by death of cells so some tumours grow very slowly indeed and are called indolent cancers.
1: And that would also be directly linked with how lethal a cancer would be.
2: Well yes and here it becomes very interesting and and almost paradoxical because what you see in highly aggressive tumours is as well as increased proliferation you also see increased cell death. Now I'm interested in in a process of um regulated cell death or programmed cell death. Um, and the the best studied mechanism is a mechanism called apoptosis or or apoptosis if you pronounce it <laughs> as it's spelt. Um, which is a genetically controlled program of cell death which is for removal of cells at various for various purposes. During development in sculpting organs for instance. Um, Does does every cell in the
1: body go through, like, reach that stage at some point and die? Well,
2: um, I guess you could say that um, the vast majority of cells would reach that stage and undergo this process. In fact, we don't know to what extent cells turn over because, uh, generally, we probably underestimate it because... Um, what happens to a cell that dies in this way um, is that it very rapidly disappears. Um, The the main thing in our bodies that makes it difficult to study this process is the clearance mechanism. So, and this is one of the things that we are very interested in, um, uh, in, in our studies, which is the response to dying cells in Mm tumours. Because, what happens um in all tissues and this is this goes for developing tissues adult tissues that are turning over we we turn over billions of cells per day
0: okay stop i am a physicist as we've have established already and that means that when i hear a number like billions i want to know whether that number is big or small now Normal people obviously hear that number and realise that it's very, very big. It's, you know, the number of people that there are in the world. It's the number of grains of sand on a beach, something like that. But I want to know if it's big or small in the context that Chris used it, which is the number of cells turning over per day. So after our conversation with Chris, I went and found a paper uh, in volume 40 of the Annals of Human Biology, uh, which is called An Estimation of the Number of Cells in the Human Body which seemed like it would probably be helpful. Um, to cut a long story short, about 37 trillion seems to be the number that they've come to. But the good news is turning over billions of cells a day doesn't mean that you're going to disappear entirely every day. So now that we have uh, an idea of how big that number is, back to our conversation.
2: So in tissues like the blood, the haemopoietic system, you've got um, cells being produced, which are very short-lived, Okay. for instance. In the gut, in the skin... We've got cells being produced in these sort of complex tissues. You have cells being produced at the base of the tissue and gradually moving up the layers as they differentiate. And then at the end, they die. Right. And then they get replaced. The liver, for example, is um, designed to pretty much completely regenerate itself because it's designed to, to deal with really toxic insults. So most tissues are turning over substantially. Now, the central nervous system, so the brain, for example, used it used to be thought that that didn't turn over. You didn't get new neurons. But that, that idea is probably changing.
0: Okay.
1: But there are other um. cells in the brain that do turn over. Otherwise, oh, no. I just was going to say otherwise, where do you get brain tumours from? But as we've heard, that's not only to do with cell division. But other things.
2: No, and, and, and of course, once you have, um, a, a cell acquiring these genetic changes and, and, and it's not just one genetic change. It's m- many that need to accumulate, um, in a cell in order for it to become a fully fledged malignant cell. And there are what are called acquired characteristics of cancer cells that, that include acquisition of these genetic changes
0: so clearly some part of my brain has latched onto something that you said a while ago because you were saying that the liver is designed to regenerate itself and i think it's just taken me this long to remember the myth which i believe is prometheus that's right who was yes. chained to a rock and his liver was pecked out every day by an eagle
2: yeah so and it and it regenerated <laughs> yeah. yes so so if, you, you... if my liver was actually pecked out by
0: an eagle <laughs> Would I have a good chance of getting it? Well, you you need some of it left (laughs) in order
2: for it to regenerate. You take it all away and there's nothing to regenerate, but. So how does apoptosis uh, work? So apoptosis works by, um, a series of, uh, proteins becoming activated that cleave key elements of the cell. And Mm. these include structural elements of the cell. Um, and, Particularly the genome of the cell. So the genetic information, the DNA of the cell. Okay. And it's a very compartmentalized destruction in that the cell's active, um, components, including the enzymes, the, 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 the proteins that cause this cleavage are, um, they remain in, in kind of sealed packages until they get cleared, either b- because they are lost from the surface, like in the skin, for example, yeah. or, um, they get engulfed by specialized cells, uh, that eat them so called phagocytes. So you wouldn't
1: want a cell that dies just to dissolve and have all of its contents just. Sprayed.
2: No, because, um, uh, one one of the problems with that form of death and that does happen in 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 accidental terms and mm-hmm. um and this is generally referred to as necrosis um where you where you have um uh, cells dying um in a sort of accidental chaotic type of way and and this can inc- this can cause inflammatory okay. um uh, responses that um, on, on, may, may not be, um, uh, 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 suitable for, you know, a process where you, um, uh, you, you need to be able to control the turnover of cells in a quiet way. If you, if you're ringing the alarm bells of inflammation, then you, you, uh, you, you may elicit, um, uh, activities that you don't want where the, um, uh, immune cells may, uh, release enzymes that, that cause destruction to tissue, right. for example. So, so the, and, and <coughs> other, other, um, factors.
0: So they can turn up and do more harm than good. Yeah.
2: And phagocytes actually, so these are the cells that eat, um, uh, uh, debris these sorts of apoptotic cells uh there might be invading microorganisms so there are professional phagocytes that we 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 term them professional phagocytes they're part of our immune system the big ones are called uh macrophages which means big eater That's um a good name and um they so so they they are they are cells that be, that are um, attracted by uh, cell death so they will um, they will accumulate at sites of cell death and this is this is where our interest in inflammatory responses in tumors so they're part of of inflammatory responses okay, okay? Um, but going back to um, the, the this imbalance in tumors and this paradox of um, aggressive tumours having more cell death yeah. than indolent tumours, because what you what you see in um uh, a, in a proliferating tissue, generally a normal tissue or a malignant tissue, is that you see cell death going on um beside that proliferation and this may be for a number of reasons one of which could be statistical you know okay. by chance so it could be that um if you're producing you know if you imagine a cell population producing lots more cells yeah. then it has more demands on its environment right. so if you've got limited amounts of food or oxygen for those cells then some of them might not get it and they might like you know. Conway's
1: game of life kind of stuff.
2: Well yes and 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 exactly you you may you've got this almost darwinian um mm. uh selection so the survival of the fittest cells some of them in this population which are rapidly uh, proliferating will die. Yeah. And that may be really important as a principle in biology which is competition. What we are Really interested in is essentially it's the repair response uh, to to death in tumours. So when cells die in, you know, for example, as 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 in a response. So if if you get wounded, you 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 you, many of your cells will will die uh, by this process. Um, and, uh, you'll, you will repair that. We've already mentioned regeneration of, of the liver yeah. in response to death, um, uh, happening in that tissue. And I mentioned early on, um, the, um, one of the principles of cancer being the hijacking of normal processes. Yeah. Well, we believe that, that, that cancer, um, that, that, that part of this, Darwinian evolution of a tumor, which is essentially what it is on a on a mini scale, um, is it, 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 a part of that process. Is driven by responses to to death, which is we need to replace these cells. Which also com- comes to a fundamental question that we don't understand, which is why in some situations where cells die by this programmed means, um, like I said, you know, in an immune response, you don't need those cells anymore. So you get rid of them by this process. They're not replaced. But why in other situations are they replaced? We don't actually know. Um, and that's a, one of the fundamental questions. But we've, we've, We've studied uh, and are studying um, the, micro-environ- the tumor microenvironment, the uh, tumour microenvironment, which is essential for tumours to grow either as primary tumours or as metastatic yeah. uh, cancers.
0: A primary tumour is a tumour that forms in an organ where cancer starts. Okay. So if you have a liver cancer, then the primary tumour is the first tumour that forms in the liver. So the one that's that's there, the sort of cancer? Yeah, the very, very first one. Right. What. Well, a metastatic tumour is, that's where cells have come from, that original tumour, and have spread to a different site in the body. Okay. So if you have a secondary tumour, that often means metastasis. So sometimes tumours that start in place like the breast, mm-hmm. primary cancer may be in the breast, but the secondary can often travel to places like the lungs and the brain. And it's those tumours in the lungs and the brain that we call metastatic tumours. So yet another string in cancer's evil guitar of the...
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Cool. So they need a they need a specialised
2: tissue environment. So you have these cells that are changed. We call them transformed. They've they've acquired these genetic mutations that makes them uh, uncontrolled. Right. Um, but they also. Um, what, 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 what the, the tumor needs is normal, a normal environment. It's not really normal because it gets conditioned by these tumor cells. So, so it, it becomes the tissue, the tumor microenvironment. And we believe that part of the essential signals that keep that imbalance, uh, which you need, you have to have uh, cell birth being greater than cell death in order to grow, right? Yeah. If you, if you reverse it, then that's therapy. If you can do the opposite, the tumor disappears.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and in so what we believe would, would confining a tumor to a certain size already be a success as well, then?
2: Yes. And, and, and as I mentioned, some tumors, um, are quite indolent and, uh, and, and one of the approaches to treating them is to do nothing. Our kind of overriding hypothesis is that there are conserved mechanisms of tissue repair and regeneration that are being driven by the cell death that occurs in tumours. So that kind of feeds into the imbalance because what we are starting to show, we've already shown that um, the apoptosis in tumours um, can make them more aggressive. So if you suppress it, um, paradoxically, you know, your your so so apoptosis is, is clearly a tumor suppressive mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And that, that that we we don't argue with that because it makes absolute intuitive sense. Yeah. You, that you if that if cells people, die, yeah. that that's going to inhibit
1: growth gross, of, yeah. of
2: cancer. Yeah, but actually our way. point is yeah. that um okay it may be that cancer growth is constrained, but, but actually you need the apoptosis in, in tumour. So so if every cell survived and made another cell, then the tumor would go would grow more quickly, you would argue, yeah. if that was the only thing in the equation. Yeah. But actually, because you need the microenvironment, um, Tumors won't grow without their microenvironment. They need a blood supply. And that's an obvious thing. You need to be able to suppress the and the immune system's response to 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 the tumor. So, so most
1: most tumors will actually be regarded by the immune system as
2: well. I don't know about most invader. tumors because you know part of the evolution of of a tumor is to evade that anti-tumor immunity that that. Undoubtedly exists, but whether we all have it against all forms of, of, of cancer, we don't so know. It's too broad a question to ask. So, and so well, well, for example, you could imagine that if, if you make a strange protein, um, you might make an immune response against that protein and mutant proteins that occur in cancer could, c- can be regarded as strange proteins and, and you can get a, a, you may get a, an immune response against that. So those are sort of the examples that, um, that one, one could give. So, so there is such a thing as, uh, as both, um, innate and adaptive, um, anti-tumor immunity, the adaptive immunity being where the T cells and B cells come in, the innate immunity being, um, where, um, things like the phagocytes come in. So, so, uh, for example, macrophages have the capacity if they're activated correctly to kill tumour cells and eat them once they've killed them um, again in a kind of sinister way the apoptosis in tumours in as we've shown changes the state of activation of those macrophages uh, and makes them support the tumour environment that's crazy no but this is where it is sinister. Yeah. What we've shown so far in this uh, in terms of mechanism is that apoptosis in certain tumors causes the accumulation of macrophages because they come in to eat the apoptotic cells. Um but also changes their activation status. Um and we we we've looked at their whole um uh, what we call the transcriptome so all the genes in the macrophage in the, these macrophages mm-hmm. um that are responding to the apoptotic cells in in a in a tumor in an animal they get activated to um and and you can analyze the, the those genetic um signatures mm-hmm. and 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 you can see um angiogenesis so formation of blood vessels you can see um, anti-inflammatory, um, yeah. immunomodulatory, so immunosuppressive responses. Uh So from, they're from the macrophages. From the macrophages, so, so, so not, they are helping con, to control, so only, keep the uh, the adaptive the T cells, for example, at bay. Um, so not
1: only do they stop eating in the way they should be eating, but they actually become part of the like that they, they change sides almost
2: yes well they yes i mean we, we, we've actually shown that if you if you activate macrophages in a certain way um so they kill uh tumor cells the the apoptotic tumor cells including the ones that they produce through killing them then activate back on those macrophages and change them to repair type macrophages Wow. That are now supporting the tumor.
1: That's terrifying.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so that's the the macrophage angle. The other angle that we're interested in, and this may be um, uh, acting uh, through macrophages too, is um, we, we've we've got interested in little bubbles that get produced by the tumor cells as just before they die. So when they engage their apoptosis program. Um, we found that, um, they produce what we, we call APOEVs. These are apoptotic, um, uh, extracellular vesicles. And these are sm- m- much smaller, um, membrane contained structures than cells. Um, so they're a fraction of the size of the cells. The cells produce them before, you know, as, as part of their apoptosis response. They're produced for other reasons as
1: well. So that's so quite a common thing in generally in cells. Those, in
2: generally, those, gen, yeah. in general, in biology, the, the cells may communicate with each other through production of these these little bubbles that contain biologically active material, all sorts of of things, including genetic material, proteins. Right, and so so, so signal between their membrane, cells is
1: not only uh, by releasing chemicals into the bloodstream, for example, into the environment. It actually, they they, they can be an entire. They can release, yeah, they can release
2: uh, sort of shuttles that protect the um, the contents from um, destruction before they get to their destination, for example.
1: And that changes in these turned over macrophages as well.
2: Well, we haven't looked at that, but I, I would guess that they, they will be producing their own types of vesicle, um, also. But we've, we, we, we've focused in on the, um, the uh, blood supply producing properties, um, of these vesicles. So we've shown that, um, uh, the, the tumor cells that die are actually helping, um, produce the blood vessels, um, uh, we believe for the tumor we've shown that um, uh, in a in a couple of models so far, um but we don't know what the mechanism is. We've got some ideas
1: that does sound like a creepy it's hive unsettling. mind of
2: a tumor <laughs> yeah <it's unsettling. laughs> but that's that's the sinister mm. you know it's a sinister series of diseases,
0: okay. the time has come for me to see if I've understood what Chris was talking about. here goes so you you're studying you you're looking at uh, um, the process of cell death, which is a natural part of, of how our bodies work. But um, in the particular case of cancer, um, where you think that it's doing things that aren't necessarily what, what we would expect. So we would naively expect um, cell death in tumors to be a great thing. Cause it means the tumor is going to disappear, but actually in the process of dying, these cells are making changes to the environment around them that actually improves the chances of the tumour.
2: Yes, I wouldn't say it's naive to think that um, that, that cell death has a, a tumour-suppressive role. I think that makes absolute logical sense. It's, it's kind of rational, and there's lots of experimental evidence that that is indeed the case. Um, however... What tends to be ignored is that that cell death doesn't isn't just happening in a vacuum, and it's not that that the phagocytes or the you know the the removal of dying cells um, is just to bag them up into black pla- you know the equivalent yeah, of, a, of a, an inert black plastic bag. So it did you know it's, it's not it's not that nothing then happens; it's that that response to dying cells, which is well-studied in normal um, tissues, yeah. is not often considered in the context of a tumour. So, and what we're saying is that that death that's there, and, and if you look for it, it's there, and in many, many different types of cancer, there's already lots of scientific evidence that high... Um, levels of apoptosis correlate with poor prognosis. You know, in other words, correlate with aggressive disease. And that's a bit of a paradox.
0: Okay, that was a pretty interesting conversation that we had with Chris there, um, I thought. Uh, I understood parts of it. Um,
1: I'm freaked out by
0: cancers. Yeah, I mean, quite rightly. They're they're more terrifying than even I had thought. Um, The nice thing about cancer is, though, or... No,
1: I won't say the nice thing about cancer. The nice thing about a conversation like this is that you hear how... how Well, I don't want to say smart, but how sophisticated cancer cells are. And then you look around you, and most of us survive for very long. So our bodies it's are true. extremely good at dealing with loads of stuff. That's Doesn't mean you should necessarily smoke and stuff like that. No. But... Um, we're not completely defenseless. Yeah.
0: And our bodies are good, but also our scientists are good. You know, it's great to know that there are people researching this stuff and making sure that, that they really are getting to grips with, with it. And I think it's, it's showing, you know, cancer treatments are getting better. Um, so I think that's enough. To wrap up with um so yeah hopefully we'll we'll uh, see you again next time i don't think we'll see you again next time because it's a podcast
1: yeah then again you could be one of our colleagues sitting in our office with us who's just you know has pity on us and yeah and listens to our podcast so for all of you who know
0: us well see, we'll you, see soon. you soon for everyone else you'll hear us soon